Hello, friends. Happy Fourth of July. Pull up, pull up, like beaming on the place. Push up, push up, doctors flee from the place. Pull up, pull up, like beaming. I know not everyone listening is an American, but today is American Independence Day, and so I wanted to wish everyone a happy Fourth of July, and also talk a little bit about what is going on in America. These have been strange, unprecedented times around the world. But certainly in America, it seems like um, super unprecedented times, super kind of heartbreaking times, and um, sometimes difficult to see a way forward. But I wanted to be a voice of hope and share with you a little bit about what I think is going on in America and what I believe the scripture tells us about how to conduct ourselves in this world. Let me start in Hebrews chapter 11, and that's the famous Hebrews Hall of Faith. Beginning in verse 13, he's just listed all these people who have lived by faith, and he said, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country that they left, they would have had an opportunity to return. Instead, They were looking for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And so I think that's a good place to start for us. You know, I see so many people really getting wrapped up in American politics, and this certainly happened four years ago. And uh, in 2016, in the presidential election in America between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, it was just a really contentious time. And it was so discouraging and so depressing and so frustrating to feel like, wow, these two people are the best candidates that our country can put forth. Like, these are the best that American leaders that we can produce. It was just kind of a bummer. But during that time, the Lord really spoke to me, and I just realized that it was all just a huge distraction to take our focus away from the kingdom of God. And the reality is that America is not a permanent fixture on this earth, and that sooner or later, America is going to dissolve. It's going to disappear. And personally, I think it's probably going to happen in my lifetime, that America is going to have to morph into something different. And I have ideas about how that might happen. I hope it can happen peacefully. I hope uh, we can kind of section off the country by cultural elements. There's some really interesting you know, studies of the cultural regions of America, and I think that could provide us a way forward where um, people living in different regions with similar cultural values can move forward and have nation states that protect the values of of the people living in those regions and that each region, instead of trying to force its values onto the other regions, that we can move forward in peace as a, as a kind of a continent of nation states that learn to defend, do our defense together and learn to trade together. But that's really not the point I'm getting at here. My point here is that regardless of the future nation states that occupy the continent of North America, that is not our home. That is not where we put our hope. Listen to Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And so the truth is we, we can see very easily throughout history that nations come and go, but that God is in the process of establishing a permanent, everlasting kingdom that will last forever. And our citizenship is in that kingdom. That is our home country. That is the country that we want to see established. Listen to Daniel interpreting Nebuchadnezzar's dream almost 2,600 years ago now. So this is Daniel chapter 2, and in this chapter, the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, has had a dream, and he saw a statue made up of different elements, gold and silver and bronze and stone and clay, and Daniel interprets those dreams as different kingdoms that are coming. But then at the end of the dream, he says this, as you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. So that's talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Son of God. He's the stone cut by no human hand. He is God in the flesh. And he comes into the earth and begins to establish the kingdom of God. And so when Jesus comes, he begins preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. In Luke 16, 16, Jesus says, The law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached, and everyone forces his way into it. And so that is the rock that Nebuchadnezzar sees in his dream carved by no human hand. It strikes the kingdoms of this world. And then it says it becomes a great mountain and filled the whole earth. And in Old Testament prophecy, frequently mountains represent different nations and different kingdoms. And this is the kingdom of God. So then Daniel interprets the dream for Nebuchadnezzar, jumping down to Daniel chapter two, verse 44. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that a stone cut from a mountain by no human hand, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, a great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain and its interpretation is sure. And so I just bring that out to highlight the kingdom of God is where our citizenship is. It's our home country. And we are in the process of seeing the kingdom of God established all over the earth. And remember, the kingdom of God is not heaven. The kingdom of God is wherever Jesus has dominion. It's the king's dominion, the kingdom It's wherever Jesus reigns as king. That is where the kingdom of God is. Heaven is God's throne. The earth is his footstool. But heaven is the seat of government for the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God itself is coming to earth. And so Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so it's important not to confuse the kingdom of God with heaven. And so as Americans... For those uh, brothers and sisters of mine who are listening who are American, our hope is not in the preservation of the Republic of the United States of America. Our hope is in the kingdom of God. And that needs to be what the church needs to be about. 
And we must not allow our hope to be pulled away from the everlasting reign of Jesus Christ into a temporal kingdom or a temporal country on this earth. We must not put our hope into any man-made nation on this earth. And I'm not saying that we don't be good stewards of what God has given us. We should vote and we should be led according to the Spirit. When the Spirit tells us to, to get involved in politics, if the Spirit were to tell that to someone, I'm not trying to question that. But I am saying that we should not despair as we see the tumult in our own nation that we see right now. But we should see this as an opportunity to offer to people the joy of the everlasting kingdom of God. And so much of evangelical Christianity looks to the future with an eschatological lens of gloom and doom, with this eschatological lens, with this eschatology. So eschatology is our belief about the end times, the end of the world, um, that expects things are going to get worse and worse and worse. And then at the last moment, uh, Jesus Christ is going to come back and save us. But I would encourage you to consider perhaps a different eschatology. And if you're interested, you can listen to the podcast that talks about four views of the end times. Because the eschatology of futurism, which is the, the primary eschatology of most evangelical Christian groups, is a relatively recent development, really became popular in the 1800s um, through a gentleman named Darby, and his views were published in the Schofield Study Bible, and so they spread throughout a lot of Christianity, but they're not necessarily the traditional views of the church. And so I would encourage you to, to study up on eschatology and, and go and listen to that podcast. It'll give you a nice introduction, and then you can begin to discern on your own. I'm not uh, saying that everyone has to agree with me, but it, it is interesting to recognize that our view of the future really affects how we interpret what's happening to us right now and what's occurring in the news right now. Because when I hear pastors encouraging their people to stock up on food, to stock up on guns, to stock up on ammunition, I just wonder, hey, perhaps like we've missed something. That really doesn't seem to align with the words that I see Christ telling his people in the New Testament. I mean, we know that America is going to dissolve sooner or later. Like that shouldn't be a huge heartbreak for us. And we know in this world there's going to be trouble. Jesus told us that. So we shouldn't be shocked by that, right? But we can still be hopeful of what is coming. We can be hopeful in the reign of Jesus. Most of evangelicalism is looking at the future through the wrong lens. And, and I don't think the answer is in uh, militias and survival bunkers. You know, I believe the answer is a triumphant church and an understanding of the kingdom of God. And to me, that aligns much more closely with what I see Christ doing in the, in the New Testament, that Jesus is coming to establish a, a kingdom, an eternal kingdom, an everlasting kingdom. And no matter how hard the governments of this world may try to extinguish it, to destroy it, they have not been able to succeed. And that should encourage us. And we should be excited that we are inheriting, even now we're in the process of inheriting an ever lasting kingdom. And so again, as we're in another election year in the United States, and we look at the candidates put forward, and I just can't help but scratch my head and go, again, really? These are the best two people we can find to lead 
the most powerful nation in the world. I mean, it is. It's kind of uh, it's depressing and it's kind of upsetting, but I'm not going to let it distract me. I'm not going to let it uh, discourage me. I'm going to let it catapult my hope toward the kingdom of God and just realizing, you know what? It doesn't matter that much because Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He is the king in God's eternal kingdom, and he is going to reign forever. And I want to be part of seeing his kingdom established now and seeing his kingdom rule for all eternity. And I know that there may be some people who say, oh, you know what? That's just so naive. You just cannot uh, go through life like that, pretending like you're a citizen of some other kingdom. And to that I say, you know what? The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So God bless you. Be encouraged. Rejoice that your citizenship is in heaven. Rejoice that the nations of this world are going to pass away and that the kingdom of God is going to reign on the earth forever and ever. Don't be distracted. Don't be discouraged. Don't let all this uh, political stuff and all the turmoil and tumult depress you and and distract you from focusing on staying in step with the Holy Spirit and following Jesus as our King and being about expanding His kingdom on the earth. God bless you. Happy Fourth of July. We hear your tenderness In every star that glows In every cell that grows It's clear Your excellence God, you're beautiful You're so beautiful